I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. As you all know, there are only three weeks until the industry's largest trade show, Solar Power International, which will be held September 10th through the 13th in Orlando, Florida at the Orange County Convention Center. As a full media partner with SPI and as a service to our readers, we're speaking with vendors in the weeks leading up to the show to give you a preview about what you must see so that you can plan your visits to the show floor in a time-conscious and effective manner. In the fourth of our SPI Preview Podcasts, we are speaking with Craig Lawrence, Vice President of Marketing for SolarBridge Technologies. SolarBridge will be exhibiting at booth 3029. Craig, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Frank. Pleasure to be here. Can you tell us about SolarBridge and what role you play in the industry? So SolarBridge uh, is based in Austin, Texas, and we are the leading manufacturer of microinverters for integrated AC modules. And for your listeners who might not be familiar with the term AC module, uh, AC modules are, are solar modules that deliver grid-compatible AC electricity directly from the PV module right out of the box without the need for separate power electronics or inverters, which are required in uh, DC modules. AC modules have power electronics integrated into the module at the factory. They're certified. They're warranted for 25 years as a single unit from the module manufacturer. And we're seeing a, a rapid adoption of AC modules in residential and small commercial rooftop PV systems as they uh, increase energy production, they reduce installation costs and operating costs compared to string inverters or detached microinverters. And over the past year, SolarBridge has announced several new products, including our Pantheon 2 microinverter, which is the highest power and most reliable microinverter commercially available. And we've announced a number of module partners who are now shipping AC modules powered by SolarBridge, including SunPower, BenQ Solar, EP Solar, Mage Solar, uh, Telson, and NESL. So what are the most important questions facing the industry as, as you look at it, Craig, uh, as it heads through the rest of this year and into 2013? I think some of the obvious questions are around the stability of the subsidies, which are are currently supporting the market in a number of different geographies. We're still not yet at grid parity in many of our larger markets, and subsidies remain important for continued growth. So, uh, as always, we're concerned and we have questions about, you know, whether or not the politicians will will keep those subsidies in place. In the past, the industry has, has really proven itself resilient to the to the whims of the various countries, politicians, and governments, and always seems to find a way to grow into new markets. Uh, and we expect, you know, we do expect the industry to survive and thrive. With our particular business model of selling to module manufacturers, for us, a big question over the next, you know, six to 18 months is who's going to survive the, the consolidation and the shakeout that's currently happening. We ask that question constantly as we're evaluating potential new partners and customers for our business. So where do you see the, the industry, based on what you just said, where do you see it in the next five years? We're, we're still very bullish, obviously. And, uh, you know, I think, the as I mentioned, the industry is going through this painful consolidation period, although I think much needed, and we expect you know, stronger, healthier players to emerge. Uh, some of the, the good things happening are, are costs and price of solar equipment are, are continuing to decline, which is opening up new markets, making solar more attractive to customers. And 
for us particularly, we're very optimistic about the future of distributed generation, rooftop solar, over the next five or so years, as we, you know, we believe that the fundamental benefits of locating solar at the point of use, eliminating the need for you know, additional new transmission and distribution, avoiding, uh, avoiding environmental trade-offs, you know, these characteristics of rooftop distributed generation are ultimately where the solar industry is going to go in the long term, and our products, technology, are particularly well-suited for that. How do you go about breaking the, the power of the utilities in order to get to distributed generation? I happen to agree with you where, about where the industry is going, but how do you, how do you get there? I think it's a, a big question of how the utilities are going to participate uh, I don't have a crystal ball, um, but I, I do think one of the potential, you know, outcomes that we'll see is uh, over the next, you know, the next coming years are the utilities participating more and more in distributed generation, so owning distributed generation assets uh, as part of their, their rate base. So uh, certainly I think that's one way uh, to get the utilities to participate. Uh, to participate, but uh, I think it's you know it's a it's a constant battle. Certainly, distributed generation is uh, is hitting utilities where it uh, where it hurts the most at their at their you know at their pocketbooks, and it's a, you know I, I expect it to be a continuous battle to increase net metering uh, limits that are currently in place and to you know maintain the support. Uh, for for distributed generation. If you could tell your peers and potential consumers who don't already have solar installed on their house, anything uh, about the solar industry, what would you tell them? For all of us in the solar industry, it's an important job that we all have to continue to educate people that are outside of the industry on how viable solar electricity is. I think there are still a large contingency of people, particularly in the U.S., that don't understand it and, in fact, don't believe that it actually works. And I encounter this every day, talking to friends and colleagues from other industries where they just don't know, and in some cases they, they actually truly believe that it doesn't work. So helping people understand that solar is a sound economic investment, it produces electricity, and it produces essentially economic returns for you. And it's not just an environmental statement. is one of the most important things that we can all do to help grow the industry. So from your perspective, is that the key factor in widening its appeal? Well, I think education is part of it, but I think it's still too difficult today to get solar, uh, particularly for a consumer. The process is not straightforward, uh, and I think when it's as easy to get solar on your roof as it is to order satellite or cable TV, then we're going to start to see adoption beyond the, the early adopters. There's a bunch of companies, I think, that are making great strides in simplifying solar, particularly the solar financing and leasing companies uh, in the U.S. that are really trying to make it easy both from an economic standpoint but also the sales process and the education process. But it's still, it's still pretty scary, I think, for most consumers. I think, actually, SolarBridge plays a role in this in that AC modules are, are an enabled enabler to move solar into a more mainstream market by d delivering really a true plug-and-play solution. It's much easier to design and install than traditional PV systems and effectively can enable more people to get into the business of, of designing, selling, and installing solar. So what do you see as the fastest-growing market segment? I think if you look at the numbers over the next couple years, it's, it's the utility-scale segment is driving a lot of the growth. Uh, the, you know, the residential and the commercial segments are, are quite strong, 
and uh, you know depending on what country you're looking at at and what what subsidy regime is in that country you'll see variations on whether you know residential commercial or or utility uh, is the the strongest growth and I think you know we feel strongly that after this sort of wave of utility scale PV that's happening right now the industry is going to be driven back to more of a distributed generation model and uh, again for the reasons I mentioned earlier siting permitting land use transmission distribution environmental trade-offs grid impact um, you know we, we see residential small commercial rooftop segment as being long-term the strongest segment and they're currently big right that 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 sort of under 100 kilowatt type of uh, type of system represents over 30 percent of the global market today and uh, and we we expect that to grow over time you've made reference to the markets outside of the United States where do you see the largest potential for growth of the solar industry outside of the United States uh, good question uh, I think Japan is clearly a market to watch it it's always had a very strong residential market. Uh, it's home to some of the biggest PV manufacturers. And now I think uh, we've seen a, a, a set of new subsidies and new feed-in tariffs in place that are poised to make you know, Japan probably the strongest market in the world over the next couple of years. So we, uh, we, we watch Japan closely. We look at Japan closely. And it's a, you know, it's a difficult market for non-Japanese countries. Con- uh, companies to penetrate. Other than Japan, uh, there are a number of really interesting com- countries that we see a lot of potential for. Australia and the UK are two that uh, look very good. Both have fairly expensive retail electricity rates. They're effectively island nations, uh, you know, one island much larger than the other, uh, and they've both been fairly friendly to solar over the recent years. And I don't think it's it's not a very well-known fact that in 2011, Australia and the UK were the number three and number four residential PV markets in the world after Japan and Germany and well ahead of the United States, which was hovering around somewhere around number eight. There's a rumor that there's a big solar conference coming up. Solar Power International in Orlando uh, will be there. Will SolarBridge? You know, I had heard that same rumor, Frank. Uh, absolutely, we're going to be there in force. Uh, we're actually going to have our largest booth at any trade show to date at, uh, at Solar Power International this year. We're going to be showing uh, some new products and uh, some new partners. Yeah, for us, you know, SPI is the, the biggest show in solar show in North America and kind of believe you can't really afford to miss it. It's a, it's for us, it's a great chance to meet uh, with lots of customers and potential customers and, and get the word out on the, the benefits of AC modules. And so what are SolarBridge's primary goals when you attend the show? Is, is it the meeting with customers? Yeah, for us, it's, it's, there's sort of two, it's twofold. It's a great place to meet with customers and uh, existing customers as well as, as new customers. And really, we have customers all over the globe. We have customers in, in Asia. We have customers in the U.S. We have customers uh, in Europe. And so getting everybody in one place is often uh, difficult. And SPI usually does that for us. Another Interesting thing for us about SPI is, you know, we're really a B2B company. We sell uh, components to module manufacturers, and, and they're our primary customer. But ultimately, you know, the end customer is the uh, uh, of the the person the, the, who buys the, the product to be put into a system is the the installer, the integrator, uh, and the distributors. And SPI is a great place for us to get exposure to that whole ecosystem and to help educate uh, installers, integrators, developers, distributors about our product and our offering. 
So you mentioned that you're going to be unveiling some products at the show. What should my listeners stop by and see, and and who should they ask for? Yeah, so we have a couple of things that we're going to be announcing. Uh, We're not announcing them yet, unfortunately. Uh, We'll have, again, as I mentioned, some new products and some new partners. Uh, But you're going to have to come by the show to find out exactly what those are. So we'll be at uh, booth 3029. Uh, Certainly uh, they can ask for me. I will be there, Craig Lawrence. But really, any of our staff that's there should be able to answer their questions or point them to the to the right person. We will also be hosting happy hours at our booth from 4 to 6 p.m. each night, except, I believe, Thursday, because it closes early. We'll be doing 2 to 4. And we will be having uh, some different themes for those happy hours relating to some of these new offerings I'm being so cagey about. Craig, if, if people want to find out more about SolarBridge, what's the, where's the best place for them to do that other than SPI? Yeah, you can go to our website. It's www.solarbridgetech.com. We are on Facebook and Twitter, and you can uh, uh, you can check out our channel on YouTube as well, where we've got some, some great videos. We, we recently did a video comparison of an installation of SolarBridge AC module system versus a DC module system with detached microinverters, where we showed... Uh, really a two-to-one time savings for AC modules over detached microinverters. So that's something you can see on our website or on YouTube. Well, that wraps up the fourth in our series of SPI preview podcasts designed to give our listeners a sneak preview about what they can expect to hear and see at the show. Solar Power World is a full media partner working in conjunction with Solar Power International. We've been talking to Craig Lawrence, VP of Marketing for SolarBridge Technologies, and SolarBridge will be exhibiting at booth 3029. Thanks, Craig. Thanks very much, Frank. Look forward to seeing you at the show. I'm Frank Endorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Tune in again next week.